I got to admit, I'm a foodie. I uh, I love people that uh, turn food into art. I love people that respect the ingredients, and I really like eating a good meal. Uh, Susan Krasinski Robertson is a retail reporter for the Globe and Mail, and a piece she wrote um, and, and is now published in the Globe and Mail that you can read made my heart sink. It is about Mark McEwen. He is, I would consider Mark McEwen a friend of the show. He's been on the show several times. He's uh, he, Maybe a little bit more kinder and gentler than a Gordon Ramsay, but he is like a Gordon Ramsay of Canada. He's a celebrity chef. He runs successful restaurants. He has a, a, a food a grocery store, McEwen uh, Foods. Uh, he's the real deal because he not only uh, knows and understands food, he is a very good chef. So this story really punctuates that there is a question mark with when it comes to the survival of the industry at large, I think. Here to give us the broad strokes of what he is dealing with right now, I'd like to welcome onto the show Susan Krichinski robertson Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So this story really made my heart sink. I think a lot of people know Mark McEwen, really like Mark McEwen. What's going on uh, gives the broad strokes of um, how they have uh, filed for creditor protection. Yeah, so broadly speaking, uh, McEwen's business, McEwen Enterprises, uh, it covers his six restaurants, his three food hall and gourmet grocery businesses. Uh, it also generates revenue, as you mentioned, from you know media appearances, television appearances, and he has a catering business, a thriving catering business as well. Um, and all of those things, as you can imagine, have been hit extremely hard by the pandemic. So, What's going on here is that the business, which is jointly owned by Mr. McEwen and by a subsidiary of Fairfax Financial, um, they have filed for creditor protection in order to basically streamline the business, uh, cut down on some money-losing locations, and try to come out the other side with something that is sustainable in the long term. So what they're doing here is attempting to basically effectively almost sort of sell the company to themselves through this complicated legal process. But what it allows them or could allow them to do if they receive approval is to basically jettison some of the parts of the business that are weighing the rest of it down. Right. And so this is a court order that basically protects them for a period of time from the lenders calling in any loans that they might own. Is that, uh, you know, a good way to kind of just uh, whittle this down? Yeah, that's right. And it's a it's a common enough practice. It's uh, it's uh, called uh, the Creditors Companies Arrangement Act, uh, which is a long name for something that is used by companies from time to time when they're going through this kind of thing. It's been used throughout the pandemic, by the way, by uh, retailers as well. Um, so other examples are Reitman's, uh, Aldo, um, and a few others, Dynamite. Uh, these, these retailers have been using this process too, um, who have also been extremely hard hit by the pandemic. And it doesn't always mean that businesses are going out of business. Sometimes it means that it's a vehicle to basically, as you said, give them some protection from their creditors for a period of time that they need to restructure their business and try to come out the other end. Right. This is allowing for breathing room and a little financial restructuring. Um, what does this say about, you know, where we were and where we're going to end up post pandemic? I know that's a very broad question, but when you see the likes of Mark McEwen, who was doing very well and the whole industry was doing very well, um, before the pandemic hit, you know, we were on all, every top 10 list of places to go and things to do always involved our restaurants. Uh, it was the time to expand. So, you know, where is this going to leave us at the end of the pandemic? 
No, I think that's the big question. You know, um, obviously the restaurant industry has been one of the hardest hit sectors amid all of this, uh, which is not to say that there are not parts of this that have, are unrelated to the pandemic. I mean, the, the court documents in McEwen's case show that the company had been losing money since 2017. They obviously had, you know, been trying to grow to a place where they were going to reach profitability again, but had had some struggles, particularly at two of the locations that they are trying to get rid of, uh, one of them being his Fabrica restaurant at Don Mills, the other being the food hall at Young and Bloor in downtown Toronto, which actually only opened a couple years ago. But in the bigger picture question that you're asking, yes, you know, there are real challenges here into this sector. And I think everyone is asking the question, how many of these restaurants can survive? You know, in Toronto, where we are, uh, indoor dining has resumed uh, mm-hmm. since the summer, you know, with limited capacity. Restaurants can operate patios, which, you know, is getting less and less appealing as the weather cools down. But, you know, they have been through just a brutal, a brutal two years. Uh, Many of them have already folded. Others are really clinging on some of them, many of them with the help of government support, which at some point is going to come to an end. So you really do have to ask the question, you know, at what point could we potentially see, you know, even more closures, unfortunately, if people just can't can't hang on. You know, the two sites that you mentioned, one was in a mall, the other was in was a food hall situation. What does that say about this trend that we were moving towards? And it was sort of like uh, hipster food halls that I that I saw popping up all over the place pre pandemic where they're going to cram people at, at these, uh, uh, you know, universal tables. So you don't know who you're sitting beside. Does that say that we don't really have the appetite to be crammed in like that? It's not a sustainable model. Well, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think it's it's sustainable right now, for sure. Nobody wants that right now. But, you know, it's easy to get, like, lost in the forest for the trees, right, when you're in the middle of a crisis. Um, you know, so the question, I think, will be at a point when we hopefully uh, come out of this crisis, what will people's appetite be? Will things come back to normal? I mean, you have seen people pack baseball stadiums and hockey stadiums. You know, people have gotten back to in-person activities at some point, even though we're not out the other side of this crisis yet. So, you know, I don't, I think it may be too early to say that food halls, food halls are dead or, you know, packed restaurants are are a thing of the past. You know, it's easy to feel that way right now when we're in the middle of this. I think eventually, hopefully, at least that's my hope. I don't know about you. You know, we'll get on the other side of this and, and there will be a desire to be out and about again. There will be a desire to be in that, that, um, you know, environment again and enjoy you know, retail environments, restaurant environments. The question is, how long is that going to be? And for the businesses who are trying to hang on until we get to that point, you know, what kind of liquidity do they have to stay afloat, to wait for the time when life resumes a little bit more than it does now? You know, I I understand why you'd write a piece about celebrity chef Mark McEwen. I mean, he's, he's a noted chef. Uh, you know, it is, it is a big story when someone who's as successful as he is, is, uh, filing for creditor protection when it comes to his, uh, business and, you know, the things attached, like his brand. But uh, what about those smaller restaurants, uh, that also probably are having to file for some sort of creditor protection? It's happening throughout this pandemic. It's been going on. Has the government done enough when it comes to supporting these restaurants? Because Mark has been very vocal throughout the pandemic. He's been on this show about how it's just not good enough. And when we're looking at a situation where we have a vaccine certificate program in place in the province, um, should we not now look at at least 
lifting some of the capacity limits that the government has imposed on these uh, businesses? Well, that may be a little bit above my pay grade, Kelly. I mean, I, <laughs> making public health policy is not actually my uh, my job, but I, I do think that if you talk to small business owners, whether it's about lifting capacity limits or whether it's about more financial support, um, I think many of them will say that they don't feel that enough has been done to help them. And indeed, you have seen small businesses uh, collapse during the pandemic and the ones who are around take on just a mountain of debt to keep going. And, you know, across the board, when we've reported on these stories about small business owners, not just in the restaurant industry, you know, they have been crying out for help, for financial help, um, you know, regardless of, of sort of where people with bigger epidemiological brains than I say that public health measures should go, you know, small business owners are certainly saying that, you know, they, they need support to get through this. And in some cases, uh, that support has not been enough to keep them afloat. Well, I'm sure, Susan, a lot of people are interested in reading your piece. It is now in the Globe and Mail, and I highly recommend it, the ins and outs of what uh, Mark McEwen is dealing with. Susan Krasinski-Robertson, it has been a pleasure talking to you. I really I appreciate, appreciated you giving us some time. It's your first time on the show, and hopefully it won't be your last. I hope not. Thanks for the conversation. Have a great day.